Thank you for tuning in. My prayer is that this message is going to be an encouragement to you personally and will cause great growth in your life. It's time to live. It's time to take this next step forward. God bless you as you listen. You ready to get into God's Word? Man, I am. I am. Well, I'm so glad to see y'all that are hungry for the Word of God. So go ahead and get your Bibles, your Bible apps, get some notes out, get ready to jot a few things down. Uh, because I think God, I, I pray that God will speak to you during this time. So since God's going to be speaking, you want to write it down. It's like, if God talks to you, yeah, write, write, that, write down what he's saying. And, and open up your Bibles to the book of Isaiah chapter number 54, verse 2. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2. Two Isaiah's in the Old Testament. Uh, we're going to be looking, I, I really want you to see this in your Bibles, but we'll be looking at this passage uh, near the end of the message. So hold your place and don't think I forgot about it, okay? Uh, as I was preparing for today's message, I, uh, it made me think of a song we sing around here. It's called Heaven on Earth, you know, Heaven on Earth. Heaven on heaven. You know that song? Yeah, 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 yeah. See, see, you guys are like, oh, wow. You thought I was just going to do a concert for you. That's wrong. <laughs> I don't do that. No, but, uh, but we sang that song. Uh, we sang that song this morning, but it was by request. I, I, guess, I guess, you know, like, we don't do requests around here, but I guess when you're pastor, you get to request music. And so I, I requested it. But I, I, I asked Jordan to sing it because it's just, it really sinks right up with what I'm sharing today. Uh, I, I believe that song kind of encapsulates what God wants us to know and to experience, especially as we're moving into Heart for the House Month. Uh, so he, here's how it works, though, because because uh, we actually have a little screening process for music. Uh, some, occasionally a song will miss the screening process. Like we, some, sometimes you may sing a song on a Sunday and you're like, yeah, we never sing that again. Where'd it go? It's like, because I nixed it. <laughs> That's really how it works. It, I do that. Uh, but basically, most of the time, Jordan lets me know when, we, uh, when he wants to introduce a new song. And I'll listen to it. And my goal is to make sure that it's theologically accurate. I, I, because a song, I'm picky about it. I really am. I mean, a song could be cool and hip and everybody likes it, sounds good. But if, if you know, I, will, I actually deny songs that, and I don't like to sing songs that contradict God's word. So is that okay? All right, so that, that's sort of what I do. It's like, no, sorry, this didn't line up with God's word. It's kind of weird. So, so we don't sing those songs. But, but, uh, but we, we do sing a lot of other songs. And I know from time to time, we might be singing songs. You go, I don't even understand what this means. What are we singing about? Heaven on earth. I thought that's where I go someday. I don't know what this means. And, and, uh, and I want to, I, I wanna, especially this song, I want to kind of make it a little more clear to you today. Because this song, Heaven on Earth, We've only been singing it for a few months around here, but it's a simple song and it's full of life, but it is so spot on biblically and theologically. Really, what the song is about, what we sang earlier, is about a desire to be in a place and to be in an atmosphere where the kingdom of God, uh, the, the presence of God, the life of God, the power of God, the healing of God is released, okay? And this is the place... This is the atmosphere where we experience it, where we experience what we call in that song, heaven on earth. I mean, the the lines are this, you know, the kingdom of God is released in this atmosphere where freedom and breakthrough and victory are right here. We sing these words that says, where you are, which is where God, God, where you are is where I want to be in your presence. There's no place that I would rather be than with you, Jesus, because it's heaven on earth. And where your spirit falls, there are miracles. I like the way the rhyme works there, you know. 
But that is, that, that song really well describes what happens when God's people cluster together full of the spirit of God and we worship and we pray because something does happen. There is, and I'm gonna describe to you today this, this magnification of the presence of God when we come together like that, just like in this gathering. I mean, that's why I wanna say heaven on earth actually happens right here. And I really want you to get this today. The, the understanding of this concept happened early on in my life. I, I was in church all my life. I was raised in church. Uh, growing up, I, I loved church. I loved walking into what seemed to be this huge auditorium. It's funny because I've gone back to some of the places I went to church. And like, man, it's a tiny little place, but it was big for me as a kid. But Sundays were awesome. It, it, it was because all the generations were there sitting side by side on those hard wooden benches. We called them pews, you know. How many of you know you were raised on a wooden bench right there? That's it, that's it. You know you are spiritual because you suffered. <laughs> But, but dad would preach his heart out and, and, and it's funny because near the end of the sermon, dad, a lot of times he would take off his glasses and sometimes I was like, oh, man, that's a real spiritual moment when dad was taking off his glasses, at least I thought it was, until I grew up and started preaching and wearing glasses like, well, I found out when I talked to my dad, yeah, he takes his glasses off the same reason I do because sometimes you get kind of worked up and, and it gets warm and you're sweating and, and your glasses fog up when you're preaching and dad had the same problem I do and so I, it's like if I, when you took his glasses off he's like yeah they're just fogged up couldn't see anyone so if you see me do that you know it's like I'm not showing off like <laughs> you know the Lord no, it's just, I can't see you so all right but but dad would pour out his heart and people would respond and I could feel God and at a really young age I saw this correlation here's what I began to say and I was probably about four years old when I began to notice this. It's like when we sang songs to Jesus and we sang together and then when we prayed and and when people kind of pressed in together, uh, something seemed to shift. It, It was like the more people that were doing the same thing, it was a greater intensity of what I felt, which is actually what happened on the day of Pentecost, like I told you last Sunday. See, I encountered these like goosebumps presence of God, heaven on earth, in church services. Church wasn't born to me growing up. I, I remember witnessing people crying, but, but they weren't crying because they were sad. <laughs> and then I remember it happening to me. I would see people smiling and being happier than I knew a person could ever be. It's like, God is here, yeah. And we had words to describe it. And really, it's the same words that we use today. It's the glory of God or the manifest presence of God. It's this holy intersection of God's space and our space where people get healed in this atmosphere, where people are filled with the Holy Spirit and and you leave knowing that you have encountered God. I'll be candid with you. I want more of that at City Life. I expect more of that at City Life. I want heaven and earth to collide right here. How does that happen, though? Some people will say, well, pastor, prove it to me theologically from the Bible. Is that what you said? Oh, good, then I'm going to do that today. Okay, let's do that. (laughs) I heard you, I heard you. So what I have done is is I have created my own, I don't don't know the last time I've ever done this, but I created my own graphics to show you here. And and it took me about an hour and a half to do this, and I'm very, very proud of myself, so you guys better like my graphics, okay? (sighs) All right, ready? That's the sound of the graphic. 
I, there's more, there's more, there's more, trust me, all right. Okay, heaven and earth, they are like two different spheres, okay? Heaven is this God space. Um, we also call it the kingdom of God, the presence of God, the throne of God, the glory of God, okay? The other sphere is earth. Now, that's our space. That's where we have rivers and cities and trees and mountains and people. You know, our space is kind of easy to understand because it's the world we live in. So we can kind of, yeah, I can figure that out. But God's space, what we call heaven, it really is a little more challenging to understand, but I want us to try to hack into it a little bit today. See, now, we perceive them as separate, and they are, but also they're not. Now move on to the next graphic that I prepared. Here it is, this, this next graphic, which is this bright green. It wasn't supposed to be that bright, but here it is. This is Eden. Now, in the beginning, the two spaces of heaven and earth were actually one. It's these two different dimensions that fully overlapped in the same space, and we call that Eden. That was a place where God walked and talked with man. God's presence was everywhere. It was, it was perfect creation. And in that atmosphere, there were no pain, there were no problems, there was no hatred, there was no hidden agendas, uh, there was no death, there was no decay, there was no poverty, there was no evil. Heaven and earth was one in the Garden of Eden. But that's only found in the first two chapters of the Bible, Genesis 1 and 2. But interestingly enough, there's something else very similar in the last two books of the chapters of the Bible, and it's uh, in Revelation chapter 21 and 22, where we see a description of something called New Jerusalem. What New Jerusalem is at the end of the Bible is this fully restored, uh, it's a full restoration of God's space and our space together again, and that is yet to come. And that's where, it, it, it's, it's a place where all the perfection of Eden exists, but it's in a city, and everything is made new. That's a lot of times what we call heaven. But heaven is more than that. <laughs> There's something about it right now, right here and now. Now see, the Bible, 99.9% the .9 of the Bible is between these four chapters, the two in the beginning and the two in the end. So that's the, so the Bible is all there, and what, what, what the Bible is about is how God is in the process of putting these two back together to bring us to New Jerusalem. So I want you to look at the process in Scripture. Really, the first place in Scripture we see this coming manifest is uh, where, where temples come in. You've heard of temples before. Well, in the Old Testament world, uh, people experienced God in the temple uh, with, uh, with Moses, it was, it was originally called the tabernacle, which was a tent, and, uh, and they set this tent up, and it could be moved around different places, and later on, Solomon came along and built this beautiful, majestic temple with the same layout, the same design, and, uh, and, and these temples, they were decorated in a certain way. They were decorated with trees and flowers like Eden and gold and jewels like New Jerusalem. They were actually designed to make you feel that you were walking into this amazing place where the two dimensions of heaven and earth became one. That was awesome. And right at the very center of the temple was this place called the Holy of Holies, also known as the Most Holy Place. 
this is, this is like the hot spot of where those two dimensions overlapped. Being right there was like the ultimate heaven on earth. But that was only isolated to one tiny little spot in the world. Uh, so the overlap, as God began to bring it back together, was very, very minimal at first. It was a temporary solution. That's what it was the Old Testament about. It's about that temporary solution, okay? So, so God needed another step to take us to a greater level of heaven and earth merging. Well, the New Testament, this guy comes along and his name is Jesus. Yeah, you got him, right? That's what we're about. Now, Jesus enters the scene and what, what the, the way it's described, the Apostle John says that God became man and tabernacled or created a tent or made his dwelling among us. Okay, that's what, that's what he said about Jesus. So basically now, Jesus is the space where heaven and earth merges. He walks around and he hangs with sinners. And he heals people and he sets people free from demons wherever he goes. I mean, there's heaven right there, you know? Jesus is literally carrying heaven with him. Basically, it's like this. The God space is now right there in that man. Jesus is now the temple. And so he, he goes around, and he keeps telling more and more people all the time that the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. And that means like the kingdom of heaven, the king, that all meant the same thing. So people would go like, where, where, where? It's like, well, he, right here, right here, me. And he also told people they were to pray a certain thing. You've heard of the Lord's Prayer, right? Okay, that's not just some little cute thing you mumble through or whatever. That is a powerful prayer because in that prayer, Jesus tells us we're supposed to pray for something, that God's kingdom, in other words, heaven, will come and his will will be done just like it is in heaven on earth. In other words, we're to pray that there will be a greater concentration and emerging of heaven on earth. Now, that's pretty cool. Jesus taught his disciples to pray that way. And you're like, well, then how is that possible? Because the physical kingdom of heaven can only go where Jesus is physically located, right? It's like, well, yeah. But Jesus also, as a pure sinless one, he ended up, ended up becoming the perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and the, the, the sin of earth well, you know, was nailed to the cross with him. And that opened up the door to amazing things. So, of course, Jesus is not just the temple, but he becomes the temple sacrifice, and that's a whole other teaching, which I'd love to get into there. The cross is there, which literally absorbs the sin of the world. And, but now his kingdom can spread and can break out. Heaven can spread on earth. Let me show you how. Now, after, the, after Jesus, anyone who's cleansed by the blood of Jesus has a little bit of the presence of heaven in them. See? And, and, and Jesus, he told his followers this. He said, right as he was leaving, I talked to you about this last week. He said, before you do anything, don't try to go save the world. I want you to go and cluster together. I want you to worship and I want you to pray until you receive the, this fullness of the Holy Spirit. And, and when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the amount of that presence of God, the amount of heaven in you is going to increase. It's going to maximize. It's like a greater glory of God. It's like, a greater dimension of the kingdom of God will actually be within you. And you gotta understand, when Jesus was saying to receive the Holy Spirit, that was actually the very same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus, okay? That's key. 
Because we don't have a miniature Holy Spirit. We don't have a junior Holy Spirit. We don't have a piece of the Holy Spirit. No, you have the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus. He lives in you right now. In other words, if you're a believer, heaven lives in you. And you can release him and dispense heaven wherever you are on your cultural street. Now, that's pretty awesome. So wherever God's people, now, wherever we go, kind of like in that little picture, uh, what happens is we create that little space where heaven is on earth, wherever we walk, wherever we go. It's, that's for real. That's legit. But what happens when God's people, who are carriers of the presence of God, unite in one place and come together in one place? Well, <laughs> when, we, when we crunch together, we're all together. We are now in, in this concentration of the presence of God. And we begin to experience his glory. Heaven on earth becomes magnified in those settings because of the cluster. So when we get together, we don't bring a sacrifice uh, anymore like the Old Testament. We bring a sacrifice of praise. And when we begin to do that, like what I remember as a little kid, something begins to ignite in the room. That's what I recall. That's what I felt in our services. That's what I feel here. It's when God's people come together, there is a concentration of heaven among us. And see, like the more of us who are worshiping and praying, the more the presence of God begins to grow. And that space where God and heaven meets earth, that, th- 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 that space begins to intensify. That's why people have walked into our services off the streets, even knowing nothing about God. It's happened many, many times in here since the very beginning till now. And they will say remarkably identical things regarding what they feel, what they sense, what's going on. I feel this, I sense this, how's this, what is this, what is this that I feel? It's the presence of God. It's heaven on earth, what you're feeling. But then when we come together in greater and greater numbers, there is a focused concentration, so to speak, of heaven in our midst. That's why we need to have this regular gathering that we call Sunday church. Now, in the book of Acts, it worked this way. It says that God's people, they would come together once a week, and they would come together in these large numbers at the temple. They would all get together for worship and prayer, and that was the big, large gathering where, where, I mean, where they had the concentrated presence of God, and it was amazing, heaven on earth. And then they would go from there, and they would begin to meet in smaller settings and homes throughout the week. And, and that's the same pattern that we follow, to, you know, follow at our church today. It's also why the writer of Hebrews, when he was explaining this very same timeline that I'm giving you today, in the book of Hebrews chapter number 10, he talks about all this that I've just said, and then he gets to the very end. He said, now here's what's important. He said, let us not neglect meeting together as some people are doing, but encourage one another encourage one another to get together in these gatherings, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So as as the, the return of the Lord becomes closer and closer, we are to put pressure on one another to be in church. That is what that says. Why? It's because of what happens because of the clustering of God's people and the magnification of his presence. That's why. We should nudge one another. Powerful Holy Spirit moments happen in atmospheres like this. Heaven and earth merge in these settings where large people cluster, large numbers of people cluster together, carrying the Spirit and praying and worshiping and receiving God's word. That's why I love those words of that song that says the kingdom of God is released in this atmosphere where freedom and breakthrough yes. and victory are right here. That's why we sing 
Where you are is where I want to be. See, that's the merging. You're getting it now, aren't you? In your presence. We sing, there's no place that I would rather be than with you, Jesus, because right here is heaven on earth. Wow. And where his spirit falls, there are miracles. I kind of like the, the rhyme right there. It's still like that. It's fun. Heaven on earth. It happens here. It happens right here at City Life. I, I envision us as a church as we continue to move forward and grow. This place will be packed with people who are hungry for that super concentration of God's presence, a greater manifestation of his glory, heaven on earth, right here, right here. And the appetite that we come with, God will reward it. We come here together and, and we receive from God. God touches us. And then we take that heaven, that glory of God out of these gatherings and then we take him to our connect groups and to our workplaces, onto our cultural streets. You want to know where you create legacy? It's out there because of what God did in here. And you've got to get this in your spirit though. I want you to catch this. This is really important. You carry heaven in you. You do. So I, I want to challenge you to increase that presence of God in yourself, and, and don't, don't settle for less. Be full of his spirit. I mean, get more of him in you. Do you realize that you, okay, get this, you can actually control how much of God's spirit dwells in you through the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Yes, it does. Yeah, very, very much. You can control it by simply asking. It's clear, it's in the scripture. It says, you know, if someone's gonna ask for the Holy Spirit and more of the Holy Spirit, God's not gonna say no. <laughs> so you want more? Good, I'll give you more. I need more of your spirit. That's what we call the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And look out, because when a lot of people get together that have the fullness of the Holy Spirit worshiping together right here at City Life, things come together. So, so when we come together, there is a merging of the presence. So it's like, however much we're carrying within us and others are carrying within them, when we come together, it becomes explosive, you know? We all carry a little bit of heaven in us, but when we come together, things begin to sizzle, and it doesn't stop there. See, but when we begin worshiping together in unity, which is what happened in, in Acts chapter two and other places in the book of Acts, we start worshiping together in unity, then that presence of God becomes stronger and more dynamic. And the more of God's people that are worshiping together in this place, the intensity of God's presence grows. It does. And then this becomes a hot spot. This becomes like the Holy of Holies. This becomes the atmosphere where miracles and breakthroughs occur. And I'm telling you guys, I will never be satisfied with dull religious activity at church. Never. I had a taste of it when I was three, four, five years old, and I still want it. (laughs) I love it. I love the presence of God. I want that. I want the fullness of the presence of God in my life and in my church as much as possible. I, I remember one time when I was 14 years old, I was at my parents' church, church my dad was pastoring in Harlingen, Texas, First Assembly of God, and it was a Sunday night, and, and I was up the front. I was just praying and praying and praying, and, and I think that the people had quit playing instruments and all that kind of stuff, and, and, and I was just praying away, and, and my dad came up to me and said, Tim, 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 listen, <laughs> everybody's gone. It's time to go home. All right, get, get up. Let's go home. I, and I remember being so mad at my dad. It's like, I was praying to God. <laughs> I, I, I got over that. But wow, wouldn't you want that for your kids, for your family? 
I'd rather be getting in touch with God than doing anything else that's given to me out there. Really, as a, as a congregation, I want to say we have two obligations. One is to invite more of the Holy Spirit into our lives and to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit and engage this space in us that we carry, carry more of God. And the second is to be in this place with as many believers as possible and create this atmosphere where the Holy of Holies hot spot occurs right here in our church. So I, that's what I crave. That's what I envision. Now I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2. I, I shared this with you over the past couple of weeks that God laid this scripture on my heart early in the year and began praying through this scripture just a little bit at a time. And I want to kind of take you through my journey in this scripture because I felt like it had something to do with my life, but also your lives, but even our church, even like the, the physical building, the city life building. And, and I wasn't quite sure, but I just began to pray it through. And I, I, and, and I want you to take a look at this because here's what God says to his people. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. Okay, that should catch you right there. What does the tent mean? The tent is the tabernacle. The tent is the temple. The tent, the tabernacle, the temple, that God's presence isn't there anymore. It's here. We are the temples, all right? We're all these scattered people. Enlarge the place of this tabernacle right here. It's the place where heaven and earth merges enlarge, open up. And God is saying to us to, to I, even, even for us as a, as a church, is to expand and create larger space for what God is doing in your lives. More heaven, more heaven on earth. And as we continue to expand and create space for more heaven on earth in our gatherings, I look for deeper worship. I look for stronger words from God. I look for gatherings where people clustering together and that hot spot of the holy of holies is right here among us. Then he goes on, God says this. He said, stretch your tent curtains wide. Now, that's not like the fancy little curtains that you have in your window. It's like, oh, you know, we're going to stretch the curtains. If I started stretching the curtains at home, I would get in trouble, all right? But this means something very, very different. The curtains are the openings in the temple uh, or in the, yeah, in the tent, which is the temple. Open those up really, really wide. Why? So that more of God can come. God, let God pour himself into you like never before. And y- you control it. You control how much he comes in. But I don't just want that in our lives, but I want that in our church as well. I want it in this dimension right here where there are miracles and deliverance and healings and salvation. And the scripture goes on to say this next line. This next little phrase says, do not hold back. Do not hold back. In other words, don't be conservative about this stuff. Don't hold back because what God has for you, what's ahead for you, has a greater amount of the glory of God available for your life. So don't hold back. And as a church, as we move into this expand season, I'm just telling you, we're not going to hold back. We will create more space for the people, the people of God. Then he goes on to say, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Now, if you've never like camped before, you may not get this, uh, but I've done, I like to camp. I've done plenty of that. And, uh, and, and if you've ever, but, but just camping on a regular day, you won't necessarily get this. But if you've ever camped in a storm, like one time my boys and I were on, a, on, a, on an island and, and there a tropical depression came in, we didn't even know what was going on. So we didn't have cell phones. There was no contact with the world. And, and man, the, the wind was blowing. The waves were crashing and our tent was trying to go away. We had to go deep and stretch out those and go, go in deep just to hold the tent down. Remember that? Wasn't that fun? <laughs> no, that wasn't fun, was it? It's scary. Well, here's the deal. 
what you have to do and what they're saying to do, what God's saying to do here in your life and, and for our church as well, but I'm talking about your life primarily, is get a firmer anchor in your life. Like, like these people who are saying, we're choosing to be partners. They are saying, I'm putting my anchor down. I'm driving my tent stakes in deep. I want to be a part of this. And, and you need to put support mechanisms in place so that, so that you can contain a greater measure of the presence of God. And that means disciplines of prayer and church attendance and fasting and scripture reading and building relationships. Then what will happen? He says, for you will spread out to the right and the left. Now, the original language in Hebrew when this was originally written, the word spread out actually is the term where we get our term breakthrough, all right? Breakthrough, breakthrough happens here because you're about ready to experience a breakthrough. Even in that song, we say breakthroughs happen. Yeah, that's what happens in this space, in this tent, when we get together and God begins moving among us. And then he says, you're, then, then there's something interesting. It almost sounds like it's misplaced. Like, why is this here? But he's not going off on a tangent. This is pretty cool because this is an accumulation of what's happening. It says your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Okay, but come on, let's not be cryptic about this. What does this mean? Well, actually, this is where legacy comes in. What it says is when you begin to open up to God like this and you allow God working in your life and in your church and coming together, then your children and the people that you invite in, the people that you disciple, the people that you influence, because you're pouring into them, they are gonna be able to do greater exploits for God than you can ever imagine. In fact, it says cultures will be shifted and changed because of what they do because you pulled them in. Wow, wow. And then this last part of the scripture, verse four says this. It says, don't be afraid. You will be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You'll not be humiliated. You will not forget the shame of your youth or remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. Let me just translate that for you real easy right now. You can't be afraid to do this, guys. Don't. Because if you keep looking at your faults and your failures and your past sins that have already been forgiven by God, that's going to hold you back and that will make you afraid. But it's time to enter into a brand new dimension of heaven on earth in your life. You need to stop worrying about the past. Let it go. Forget it. Like, don't even remember it anymore. Yeah, that was bad. But why are you living in the past? Get on with the future because God's saying, I want to manifest myself in you. Yeah. Band, worship team, come on up to the platform. I want you to prepare now. I want you to enlarge the place of your tent. Expand is the word that I've chosen. Expand for yourself and your home and your business, for your church. Even when I've been praying over this, it's interesting because at the same time, that's when I realized that 25% of our building was going to be now available to us to expand into. And, and I just like, whoa, wait a minute, 25% more space. Um, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to prepare. Now, of course, that's what, that's what this is about. But, but listen, here's my question to you. If God told you right now that you were going to expand by 25% immediately, just like what that scripture says, <laughs> what would you do to get ready for it? Only you can answer that question, but I think it has a lot to do with what I just shared. Expand now. Don't hold back. 
heaven on earth happens here, right here, in this place. The presence of God in you makes all the difference in the world because the more the presence of God you bring with you, the more someone else brings with you. I'm telling you guys, these, these meetings become just just electric. And that way, another person who's coming, you might come in drained and sapped. It's like, man, I'm just like, ah, it's been terrible. But you get in this atmosphere and man, you've just walked into the hot spot. And look out, you're not leaving the same way you came in. I want you guys to stand. Today, I, I, I asked Jordan, I want you to sing this song again, this heaven on earth song. And we're not going to sing the skinny, slim down version of it where we just say heaven on earth and then that's it and then we leave. No. I want to sing this song from top to bottom. Here's why. Because I want you to get this in your spirit, okay? Get this in your spirit. Listen to these words. Drink it in. Sing it out. Because this is what I believe God wants to do among us. Come on. Let's do it. You're hearing this talk about Jesus. And you're talking about heaven in you. And say, I want that in me. I, I want the presence of God in me. I, I want God in me. I'm tired of this. I want to... I want my sin out of my life. I want it to be gone. That's you today. You say, that's me, Pastor. Then what I'm going to ask you to do in just a second is just raise your hand because I want to be able to see you and connect my faith with you so we can pray and, and this can happen in this atmosphere. So if that's you, you're ready for a new beginning. You're ready to start fresh. Know this, Jesus loves you more than you can imagine. He died for you so that you can have life and life to the full and heaven in you and to take you to that new Jerusalem in heaven someday to that place of perfection. He wants that for you. That's you this morning. You're ready to make that, that decision to receive Jesus. At the count of three, lift your hand. One, two, three. Lift it up high so I can see it. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you so much. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Thank you. Those of you who lifted your hand, I want you to pray this with me. Believers, I want you to pray it as well as an encouragement to those who are praying this and receiving Christ. Come on, pray these words. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and forgive me of my sins. It's time for me to live. I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I welcome to the family of God. Yes, yes, yes. You made the right choice today. I celebrate that. We celebrate that with you. you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.